21 through 29. If you're able, I invite you to stand as we read the word of the Lord. Do not judge so that you may not be judged. For with the judgment you and I make, we will be judged. And the measure we give will be the measure that we get. And I have started at the wrong place, so I hope there's no judgment there. <laughs> you know, I got to thinking, if you really want to just let Alan and our music do the whole service, I'm, I'm good with that. So take a vote amongst yourselves, and uh, thank you for your wonderful, inspiring musical selections. If you can get an old preacher like me in the mood to worship, you are doing something. That was just a test to see if you were paying attention. So let's look at the actual sermon scripture. It starts with verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of God in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many deeds of power in your name? Then, Jesus says, I will declare to them, I never knew you. Go away from me, you evildoers. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise person who builds a house on a rock. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish person who builds a house on sand. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was its fall. Now when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were astounded by the teaching they heard. For Jesus taught them as one having authority and not as their scribes. The flower fades, the grass withers, but the word of our God endures forever. Thanks be to God. Well, I have already confessed to a number of you my level of anxiety. I haven't had to have too many Xanax this morning, so that's a good sign. I'm glad for that. They make me talk longer than I normally would, and well. And Angie has been supporting me as a pastor for so many years that I, I'll notice her signal when she hands up a sign that says stop. I talked about that uh, in our discussion group, so Angie, you lead on, and if I'm wandering off, help me. One announcement I did neglect to mention. Next Sunday, June Freely will celebrate her 100th birthday. So we, well, the, her birthday's on June 19th, but we're gonna celebrate it here next Sunday, June the 18th. So I wanted to highlight that to you. 100 years old is something entirely significant. So it's a privilege to be here. And I've mentioned my anxiety. 
Derek brings such a strong sermon each week. Derek sets the bar pretty high. And Don and Dick Burke set it high as well. But you have encouraged me already this morning. One person told me that they were not feeling great today, but they wanted to come just to support me. That's enough praise to get me through the whole week. I hope I don't disappoint you. I'm grateful for your faith in Christ, for the music ministry that lifts us closer to God. So having said all that, I'm going to continue in a long-standing tradition that perhaps some of your other ministers at Douglas have used. Surely one of your ministers had the tradition of opening the sermon with a pirate story, right? Well, here goes. Years ago, like a hundred years ago, a newspaper columnist interviewed a well-known pirate to get an idea of what his day was like, what his life had been like. But before the actual interview, the columnist had some off-the-record questions she wanted to ask. Sir, before we begin the interview, I'm curious about a couple of things. First, I noticed that you're missing your left hand and you have a hook. What happened there? Well, when I was younger, I got into a sword fight with a more experienced, older pirate. His sword was better than mine. He had better resources than I did. He was bigger and stronger, and he cut off my hand. That's where the hook came from. Also notice that you have a wooden peg leg on your right leg from the knee down. What happened there? One day I was on watch when a terrific squall line came through, just like a giant and was tossing and turning the ship. The storm just rumbled through. It tossed the ship so hard that I fell and slid and broke my leg. My leg was so severely damaged that it had to be removed, hence the peg leg. And finally, I also noticed that you have an eye patch over your left eye. What happened there? Well, it was a beautiful day. The sky was blue with fluffy clouds. I was just admiring nature. And then I noticed 10 to 15 seagulls had landed on the top of the main mast. And as I looked up at them trying to figure out what they were doing, all at once it seemed like every one of them pooped in my eye. The reporter said, oh my goodness, did they have to remove your eye because of the infection? And the pirate said, no, it was my first day with the hook. So <laughs> hang on to that pirate because he'll be here again shortly. Jesus tells us in our scripture this morning that not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will be doing God's will. Jesus said that even though those individuals did mighty works in Jesus' name, that he'd know them and they can get away from him, depart. I sometimes wonder, I often wonder, why Matthew or Jesus just didn't give us those people's name. It would make the sermon so much easier if I knew who I was preaching about. I could understand it better. Who are these people that say, Lord, Lord, but Jesus says he never knew them? Well, nearly all the commentators that I've read indicate that these people were folks who were putting their faith in their own works in themselves, but not truly putting their faith in Christ. But when I try to come up with a working example, it's kind of difficult. Maybe Jesus is talking about a member of a hate group. Let's just say the KKK. And that person goes to church on Sunday morning and then goes to the hate group meeting on Sunday night. Maybe that's what Jesus is talking about. Or perhaps Jesus is talking about a group of folks who have civil religion. They kind of believe there's a God and religion is a good thing for orderly society but it's the kind of religion that maintains the status quo 
and doesn't do the hard work of peace and justice and reconciliation, a faith that never sticks its neck out. A friend of mine named Carla sent me a paragraph written by Richard Rohr, a Catholic theologian. And here's what Rohr says about this passage in Matthew. If we try to make any earthly thing, even the church, into the realm of God, we will create idolatry. Rohr suspects that that's what Jesus means by his line of, I never knew you. You have created an idol. If we try to make this world itself into the realm of God, we will always be resentful and disappointed. Rohr continues, if we make heaven the realm of God, then we miss most of Jesus' transformative message about God's power right here, right now, in Louisville, Kentucky. But we're not waiting for the coming of an ideal church or any perfect world here and now, or even for the next world. God's realm is more than all of these. I heard this in seminary and still years later, I'm trying to process it. God's realm is always here, but not here. Always now and not yet. But no human institution or person can encompass God's realm. That's rather clear in the text where Jesus describes the realm of God. All false religion proceeds in a certain sense from one illusion, and that illusion is this. When I say, thy kingdom come, out of one side of my mouth, then I need to be saying, my kingdom go, out of the other side. The realm of God supersedes and surpasses all kingdoms of self and society or personal reward. Jesus says in another place, no one can serve two masters. You will always love one and ignore the other. So our first and final loyalty, Jesus says, is to one realm, and it's our choice, either God's or our own. We have to choose who gets our loyalty. And Rohr says we really can't fake it. The big picture is apparent, the big picture is apparent when God's work and will is central, right in the middle of the picture, and you and I are happy to take our place in the corner of the frame. This is doing the will of God in heaven, working where we are to bring the big picture about. Jesus is teaching a larger version, Roar says, of what many of us say today when we say this phrase, we must think globally but act locally. Because you and I are part of the big picture, and if you don't hear anything else except this sentence, because you and I are part of the big picture of God, you matter substantially. What you and I do is important to God and important to God's world. But because I'm only a part, it's okay for me if I'm situated off the stage right. There's freedom in truth like that. That you and I are inherently important to God's plan, and we are included, all of us included. Yet we are not burdened with manufacturing or sustaining our private importance. Your dignity, my dignity, is already given to us by God, and we are freed from ourselves. We don't have to earn dignity. You and I have dignity given right in this moment from God. But it gets bigger and better because the proclamation of God frees us from social idolatries too. This is a little political section, but I'm not naming names. We can't keep saying, let's bring in the realm of God when we actually put all of our trust in our own nations, 
on political parties, militaries, banks, and institutions to save us. Now, I love all of those things, but I can become an idol worshiper about some of those that I just mentioned. On some realm, nations, political parties, militaries, banks, and other institutions have to be relativized. If God's big realm is ever going to come, this is why Pope John, the Paul, Pope John Paul II spoke so often about structural sin and institutional evil, and you hear about systemic racism, and I think that is what Rohr is trying to tell us. Let's use the systems of the world, politics, finances, etc., but let's don't trust in them. Let's use them wisely, but put our trust in God while we work within the framework of this world. Friends, as Jesus followers, we can be first in line to understand this. When we say Jesus, Jesus is Lord, it means we don't spend too much time trusting in those other lordships that are probably easier to serve, but will finally not save us. So what kingdoms do you and I need to let go of before we can enjoy the realm of heaven? I'll let you think on that. Jesus wants us to put our faith in him, not in the works that we do. Doesn't minimize the works, but it is our faith in Jesus that will enable us to do those works. That's what the entire passage is about. Faith in Jesus brings us new life, which produces new paradigms, new mindsets, a new way of seeing God's world in partnership with each other and in partnership with God. I don't know why I look up because God's right here. That's just my old habit. God's up there, right? In partnership with each other and in partnership with God, your works, my works are distributed and are life-changing. The change comes by a God-powered spirit which is greater and more complete than what any of us humans can come up with. A new way of life. Not just a new idea, but a new way of life as opposed to old, repressive, prejudicial systems which are the opposite of the love that God wants us to know. Racism, ageism, homophobic oppression, abandoning the homeless and immigrants. Jesus does not burst into our lives saying, by God, I'm here and this is the way to do it. God does not demand or ravage, but courts us, inviting us to new life a new heaven and a new earth now, pleading with us to join in service to build our lives and our community on Jesus. Jesus says, come with me, join me, trust me, be part of me. But don't build your life on the shifting sands of culture or politics or power, especially when they are harming you. To experience the power and freedom that Jesus offers, he says, we have to build on a foundation of love, which I am providing you a solid foundation. And Jesus says, you go ahead and come like the old hymn, just as you are, with your hook and your broken leg and your gouged out eye. You come just like you are right now. Don't wait till you're better. Don't wait till you got it all straightened out. You come right now. I want you just as you are. And then, after Jesus tells us all that, he writes a vacation Bible school song. 
Now, I'm not real sure that Jesus knew he was writing a vacation Bible school song, and I'm not going to sing it. Well, maybe I'll sing a little of it. But that's what it was, because if you were in vacation Bible school as a, as a child, you probably sung this song. If you didn't, you missed out. The rains came down and the floods came up. You remember that? You can sing along if you want. The rain came down and the floods came up. The rain came down and the floods came up. And this is what all the boys at least loved. I wasn't really watching what the girls were doing, but all of us noisy boys, we loved this next part. And the house on the sand went splat. That was the best part of Vacation Bible School. We weren't paying attention to the house that was strong. We just liked the one that fell down. But back to our pirate. Maybe like our pirate, you've been in a battle with someone who was stronger, better equipped, had more power or more opportunity than you, and you lost your hand in the process. Or like our pirate, you were caught in a storm, a storm of prejudice based on the color of your skin, your sexual orientation, country of origin, or social status, the area of town in which you grew up. We don't go to that part of town. And like our pirate, maybe somebody pooped in your eye. I don't know which birds pooped in your eye. Maybe it was a group of politicians who wrote unjust laws. Maybe it was a group of preachers with prejudice in their heart. Maybe it was an unjust system that has gone on and on and on for decades. And so when they pooped in your eye, you did the best you could to get rid of it but you were injured by the hook that they gave you. Jesus is here today and invites you to come and help Jesus bring in God's realm. To come here with your hook, your damaged leg, your missing eye, and work with Jesus so God's justice will be present. Two quick illustrations and I'm done. Let me see where I am. I record these so I know how much I said. I'm about on schedule, not too far off. I'm coming in for a landing. I'm friends with a disciples minister named Jeanette Jackson. I spoke with her yesterday. A retired black female in her 70s. When Jeanette was a young child growing up in Texas, she was going to the clothing store with her mom. She remembered being so excited because they didn't have a lot of money. So when she got to go to the clothing store, she was so excited to get new clothes. But because Jeanette was black, she could not try the clothes on. Now, the white girls in the town could go into the dressing room and try the clothes on. But because Jeanette was black, she could merely hold the clothes up in front of her and guess if they would fit. Or how about this recent news story about Steve Morose, who served as an Air Force officer in the late 80s, 1980s. He had an excellent record until the military learned he was gay. Morose was charged with three counts of consensual sodomy under Article 125 and two counts of con conduct unbecoming an officer. The combined charges carried a maximum of 17 years in prison. He spent that time in prison. There were usually two options that happened, and one of them didn't happen very often. Usually, if you just pled guilty, the judge would give you a lighter sentence. They did not do that with Morose. But Morose maintained his faith and is now an active member in the men's choir at First Baptist Church in Seattle. Rachel Van Landingham, a law professor who spent 24 years in the Air Force, 
and is now president of a nonprofit dedicated to improving fairness in the military justice system, says that since World War II through today, over 100,000 LGBTQ soldiers were kicked out of the Army, many of them receiving less than an honorable discharge, honorable discharge which, provided them, which deprived them of the full spectrum of VA benefits, access to VA loans, college tuition assistance, health care, and even some federal jobs. So I don't know who's pooped in your eye, what bird has done that. But I can promise you that is never God's word for you. And here's an example of how you, one person, can help God's power come alive into our world. This story is about 40 years old, and it was told by a Methodist minister named Tex Sample. You can find this on YouTube. The title of the story is On Hating White People. Alan Knight Chalmers was a professor of preaching at Boston University School of Theology. He was deeply involved in the civil rights movement, his activity going back into the 30s when he helped free the Scottsboro Boys. At Boston University, Chalmers was president of the NAACP Legal Defense Fund and hence was actively involved in civil rights. He would be with us in class through the week and then often on the weekend he was gone to some troubled place to see what could be done. During those years, he had a black student in class that he was unusually close to and they loved each other very much. The black student from Alabama wanted to go home for Christmas holidays. His wife was pregnant, well along in the pregnancy, but she checked with her doctor, and the doctor indicated it would be all right for her to go if they would take it easy on the trip down and not rush coming home, but just take an easy, easy trip. The trip home was fine. They celebrated a wonderful time visiting with family and friends. On the way back, they were somewhere in North Alabama, and she began to have very sharp contractions. At least that's what she thought they were. They began to rush to find a hospital, and the first hospital they went to told them that they did not serve colored people. So they were then frantically searching for another hospital to find a hospital to take them, and they finally found a place. But by that time, they had lost the baby, and the mother was nearly dead. When that student got back to Boston University, he was a cauldron of fury, Tex Sample said. He wanted absolutely nothing to do with his professor Chalmers, his friend Chalmers, even though they had been warm friends before. When Chalmers would meet him in the hallway, the young man would turn and go the other way. Chalmers made phone calls to him to no avail. But one day, while Chalmers was in his office, he looked down the hallway and he could see the young man coming up the hall. Chalmers simply stepped back away from the door of his office where he couldn't be seen, waited for the young man to walk by. Once he got in front of his door, Chalmers, a big man, reached out and grabbed him and yanked him across the room, hurled him into the wall. And then Chalmers shouted at him, listen, you have got to talk about this. You've got to talk and you're going to talk now. You are not leaving this office unless you go right over me. He said the young man responded at first with something that sounded like a growl, and then it became a shout. 
damn you! Damn you! If it wasn't for you, Chalmers, I could hate every white man on the face of this earth. Tech Sample said he often wonders where the people who have been made marginal in, a, in the world, where the people who are poor, where the people who are outcast, our LGBTQ siblings and soldiers, where can they find someone to trust? Is it you? Is it me? Can it be the church? With thanks and by God's grace, it has been you. It has been the people of Douglas Boulevard that carry that work. And I am honored to be with you. Let's continue that work, the work you have done so well. You are the one single voice that someone needs to hear. Thanks be to God for Douglas and your work. Amen. Thanks again for tuning in to the Douglas Boulevard Christian Church Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please rate the podcast on iTunes, retweet the link, or just tell your friends. Godspeed until next time on the Douglas Boulevard Christian Church Podcast.